Hello and welcome to the Give Yourself the Chat podcast. I'm your host, Peter Lewis, and this show is all about leadership, coaching, and living a life of high performance. So welcome everyone. Welcome to um, back to Give Yourself the Chat podcast. Today I've got um, a good friend of mine, Utam Shah, who is speaking to me from uh, Venice Beach, Los Angeles, I believe. Utam, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Peter. It's good to, good to see you. I'm glad you're keeping healthy. And uh, yeah, all is well over here. Sun's shining and it's uh, a beautiful day. Well, just before we came on, you were telling me about, so you're there pretty much on the beach. I know you're speaking from your apartment now, but you were telling me about um, what's going on in the ocean right now in terms of the, the wildlife and, and the phenomena. Just describe that again, because it sounded amazing. Uh, last, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, um, started, uh, you know, starting seeing random posts of people saying there's bioluminescent plankton in the water and everything like that, um, which I've never seen that in California waters at all since I've been living here. I've been here about seven, eight years now and been been visiting here for a lot longer than that, almost 20 years. And, um, yeah, I decided to take a drive down to the beach. I mean, the beach is only a mile away, but, <laughs> like, Brilliant. you know, drove down to the beach last night. Uh, absolutely amazing. Like uh, the waves are crashing um, you see these green and blue streaks uh, of the waves rolling in like lightning, and then you see the dolphins swimming in and out of it, and causing this, uh, causing the plankton to bioilluminate as it as they're swimming through, and it's, it's unbelievable. That that unbelievable. Sound, that sounds awesome. Now, uh, for our, our our listeners, they'll they'll notice that whilst you're in LA, you have a British accent, and I'm going to kind of give the background as to how we met, but. You're, you're a DJ and producer. Um, you go by the, sort of the name of Silky, um, but yep. you're also a, you know, in, into design and everything else like this. But um, where we met, we met in the airport, didn't we? I was um, about to board a flight <laughs> to Florida to do Ironman Florida in November. You were just flying back home. I think you'd been kind of touring or gigging or, or, or whatever. And we, we met at the oversized baggage drop-off and, and my bike was there but there was no, no nobody there from the airport to look after it. So I was standing guard over my precious cargo and you came up and put a small box down and then walked off. And I thought, well, he's confident. And uh, and I don't know if I put some <laughs> doubt in your mind, but you came back uh, just to check. Um, and, and I apologize if I, but we struck up a conversation. It turns out I thought it was camera equipment, but it turns out that was your vinyl. Yeah, yeah, that, it wasn't. It wasn't a small box. It was probably about two big boxes, but not as big. <laughs> not as big as my your, box. <laughs> your, your, uh, not as big as your bike box. No. Um, which who knows what was really in your bike box. But anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, I mean, my boxes are pretty secure and padlocked up. But yeah, you're the one who did cause a bit of doubt in my mind because on autopilot, I just left it there and then walked off. Yeah, and then after I'd spoken to you, I was like, hmm went went to go and get coffee you know, maybe i should maybe i should come back and wait till someone takes it um which was quite funny but yeah i remember remember that really clearly i remember talking to you and you telling me about um the iron man that you were doing and and i'd actually just got into uh um well i just bought a new uh new road bike That's um, right, yes. yeah. yeah so i bought, bought a, a, a nice bianchi um so yeah and i remember talking to you about that so it was really interesting to hear your conversation well what was really i mean that was quite unusual for me i mean i when i get to know somebody i can be quite extrovert and and talkative but for strangers and and i thought you know what 
I'm just going to strike up a conversation with you here. And I was always kind of deliberately practicing trying to be more extrovert with that. And I'm so glad we did because you then started to tell me uh, a little bit about what you do um, as a DJ and producer, but also your cycling, your surfing and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm awestruck hearing yours but then you're asking me about my i and you're kind of awestruck as well so we kind of just went went through and met up in a in one of the business lounges and, and had a wonderful time and always wanted to find out a little bit more about what you're doing but let's let's kind of just talk about presently at the moment you're, you're over in la there we're still in coronavirus pandemic we're six or seven weeks in or so so what's yeah. going on for you what's it like over there and and what's your experience so far with the effect on the music industry and, and all sorts of stuff um well i mean i think lockdown over here actually happened about sort of two three weeks prior to uk and california's handled it pretty well i mean if you look at i mean obviously new york has had it really bad and i actually lived used to live in new york before i moved to california but um and that's you know similar to london you know, you've got people in a close proximity to each other. It's, it's bound to happen. LA is a bit more spread, although it's an incredibly busy and, and highly populated place. It's still more spread, spread out. There's a lot more nature over here. Um, and that's partly one of the reasons why I actually did move over here because it's, it is a great place to, to live, to be, to have a, a healthy lifestyle. Um, you know, working in music industry, you, it's, uh, and especially touring and playing shows that you're, you know, you're constantly on flights, you, you know, hotel rooms. And then, and then all you see is a, a club or a warehouse or something like that or a festival. And then you have to leave and do the next one. Yeah. Um, not the healthiest lifestyles. Um, but this sort of is the counterbalance to that. Um, yeah. and which is one of the reasons why I did move here. So going back to the question about, um, you know, what's life like over here, People are, you know, Los Angeles in specific, um, people are very sort of health conscious. Um, although, you, you know, you do have extremes, um, which is bound to happen anywhere. But um, people are very health conscious here. Um, we, you know, it's mandatory here to wear masks and, uh, right. and pretty much most people wear gloves in any, you're going into any sort of um, if you're going to buy groceries or anything like that, obviously there's no, there's no bars, there's no clubs, mm. there's no restaurants. Now they're only, they're only doing takeout and that's only a select few of them, not all of them. Um, the beaches are closed, which, uh, <clears throat> you know, which, which is, which is understandable, although it's, uh, you know, I do miss it. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I mean, you used to tell me you're surfing every day, I guess. Is surfing that... every day. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but you know, it takes me five minutes to, to get out in the water, Amazing. which is what my, it was almost my sort of meditation yeah. in the mornings. Um, yeah. Hiking. Most of the hiking trails are closed, um, but you know, you can still, I mean, it's still a very, it's a vast land and you've got mountains that surround the whole city. So it's very easy to, find somewhere remote where you can just go on a solo sort of trip as long as there's you know as long as i feel there's not people around or many other people around i'm totally happy to do that and you find you, you do find the odd person on some of these remote trails and everyone's you know acting appropriately and no one's you know no one's doing anything um to put themselves or other people yeah. at risk so yeah. yeah it's it's pretty good and bike riding is great although you are you are riding predominantly more on the roads as opposed to the bike paths at the moment. Right. But yeah. then again, there's less cars on the road. So, yeah. 
I mean, it sounds like a pretty similar experience, although I don't have a beautiful beach and uh, a Pacific Ocean with us. But uh, this, and, and, and I know, Chan, before we came uh, on, on air, so to speak, that, you know, the music industry has been slammed by this, hasn't it? I mean, if you think about all the yeah. places where you would play a set are now, you know, all closed. Um, but you, you've managed to fall back on some some prior skills that you've got on your previous, you know, and, 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 you, and you're doing okay. But in terms of, why has it had such a profound apart from the obvious you can't go and sort of collectively group together one might think that you could still you know the music industry would still be alive because of you know all the other streaming mediums we've got but it's clearly not quite that that straightforward well well in the in the in the in the specific type of industry that i'm in you know um no one could sort of no one foresaw this coming i mean it was literally like a bullet but a bullet hit you and you just fell off the cliff that's that's exactly how it was it was all of a sudden you know i had gigs you know tour dates booked up until you know summer tour you know tour tours of tours of um you know tours of europe tours of asia um despite north and south america you know i also got a residency uh four 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 dates a year in hawaii that's uh, you know all of all of that got cancelled overnight um it, it, no one, no one realized what was happening, and uh, and and in fact, no one actually realized how much of an impact that this would make. It, you know, you didn't you didn't realize that. Hold on, sudden a week into this, everything is slowly just shut down one one thing after another. Mm. Um, obviously, you can understand why. Yeah. Um, but 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 being in a um, you know being in a nightclub or being in a, a a place where you're sort of really close to people that's probably going to be one of the last few things to to open up yeah. um and that might take that's i don't think it's definitely going to have it's i don't think it's going to happen this year it's probably going to be next year mm. um because i i still haven't had any um my you know my agents haven't told me any gigs that are coming back at all no. this year no. in terms of sales and streaming you know the if you're in sort of music that's more mainstream and popular um that obviously you know you've got people who sort of regularly listen to that kind of stuff whether it's you know spotify or apple music or they're actually even buying the actual singles and stuff um when it comes to the music that i'm in i'm i'm into very you know sort of a specific kind of sound it's very sort of underground house techno which is predominantly all on vinyl i play on vinyl all my releases are now on vinyl so they're really they're really limited to dj sales now if djs are not earning money and especially when you're you're talking about uh, you know the ones that do play vinyl that costs about sort of 15 pounds or you know it's 15 pounds 20 dollars per vinyl no one's going to afford to be able to do that at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, the only thing that you can rely on is I'd say, you know, you, you know, I'm using this time to just hone in making stuff, uh, making stuff without the pressure and the need to, to, to follow anything, making, you know, making a, making what I want to make, um, just having a whole material stuff ready to be released. Uh, I'm actually, in the works of launching a, a new vinyl only record label 
uh, with the with the residency that I have over here in Los Angeles. Even though that's actually shut down, we're we're yeah. we're almost ready to launch the product once the time is right to yeah. launch it after all yeah. of this. So we're just getting all the chess pieces in order. Really, yeah. that's what this time is. That's what this time is been great for and like i said without the pressure of having to do something with the force uh, with with that you needing to 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 keep yourself relevant yeah at the moment do you I see mean, what we, I mean? we, we, we talked about you know sort of spreading your risk like i say you've fallen back on on skills you have as as well as your, your djing and producer things but you know there'll be plenty of people that that's it i mean everything's been taken from them so i'm really really glad that that's kind of working out for you and now you can like you say, you can plan strategically for when you come out of this. I'm really interested to know. I'm just fascinated by. So, so tell us. Let's go a little bit deeper on the, the kind of music that you play. And I know you're very much a sort of vinyl aficionado and sort of really passionate about that. So, kind of, how, how do you come by being the DJ and producer that you are with the sound that you are? I mean, how does that journey happen and bring you to that kind of taste or genre? <laughs> Uh, a long, long, long time of work. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, I started, I started, you know, my parents bought me my turntables. I mean, I started as a hobby before this in 1994, uh, just playing on, uh, you know, went around to one of my friend's houses and he had a pair of turntables and he had some records and I was kind of starting to get into like sort of, sort of soulful dance music at that time, like rare groove and funk and, disco yeah. and stuff like that yeah you know the early days of sort of house music i would say um went to one of my friend's houses and he had a pair of turntables and you know he's playing the music that i liked and i had no idea what he was doing or why he was doing it but i just thought oh this looks like fun <laughs> so yeah. so I start, so uh, you know started messing around on on his turntables and then um i started buying records with nothing to play them on Apart no. from my my mum's record player, which you know you know she had a Carpenters and uh, and the Beach Boys on it, you know, so just playing playing my records on there, which you know kind of disrupted her peace. <laughs> um, so so my parents uh, decided to buy me a, a set of turntables um, in 1995, and then uh, and then you know and then the headache began for them. Um, which lasted a long time until I went to university. Right. Uh, <laughs> in which case, you know, I was still terrible. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, you, you literally then, just making this up as you went along, or did you didn't have any oh, kind of mentorship or no, schooling just, at that point? No, not at that time. No, not yeah. at that time. I was just like learning as well. What's that? I wouldn't even say learning. I was just messing around, and yeah. and then all of a sudden it started coming together. And then, long story short, I was at university. Uh, managed to get. The, a DJ gig in the students union in which that led to something else led to something else and then it led to one of the biggest clubs in I mean at 18 years old one of the biggest clubs in the country um, wanting me to be a resident for them and that's where I met like you know mentors of mine um, people like Frankie Knuckles who invented house music and you know a lot of the bigger yeah. names that I that I know and work with now um, you know people who are just gods and idols that uh, to me which they still are but you know now they're friends yeah um so you know um amazing it wasn't um you know never thought it would be a, a career or you know never never thought that i'd go into this as a full-time progression um my parents very much installed in me that uh, you know you can do whatever you want just make sure you get your degree first yeah, yeah. great advice <laughs> yes yeah. yeah yeah which thank god 
uh, yeah. I did. And, um, yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden it just, uh, made one record with a friend of mine who, who was the one who sort of showed me the ropes in production around 2001 that blew up. And then that took, then that changed the career. And, uh, then I went into music full time and then, uh, ended up moving, I think the first time I actually played in Los Angeles, I was like, one day I'm going to live here. And then, uh, you know, got the, got the O1 visa and here I am. Well, that, that's amazing. And so when you kind of look back on that, do you identify any kind of sliding door moments that, you know, if I hadn't been in that place at that time, that, that may not have happened. I mean, how much of, of that is involved in this or, or was it just purely just, I'm just going to grind and grind and grind until I kind of break through. I mean, you can, you can always say that. I think you could always, always say that. I mean, I've, uh, you know, I've, I have worked a lot in this industry, you know, and I've put, you know, I've put a lot of time, I've put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of learning into this industry. And, uh, you know, you can always say that, hold on, if this hadn't happened, this might not have happened. But at the same time, certain things did happen that led on to other things. And if I wasn't in that position, would it have led on to that? I'm not sure. Um, perfect example, the person that I met who was the first person who showed me, uh, the first person I made my first record with, what really good friend of mine, I just got this record from, uh, it was a Miami-based label, really huge label at the time. And I just got this record and I was playing at a bar in Newcastle. And this, this is a, a US-based record label with really big artists, that you know that you don't know the names of these people you don't know where they're from you just assume that these are you know american based artists and stuff i'm playing this record in newcastle and this guy comes up to me the biggest smile i've ever seen he's like that's my record he's like i can't believe you're playing it i just uh, uh he was like this is the first time i've heard it out i was like what do you mean it's your record he was like i produced it and he's he, i was like what do you mean what's your name he's like jim sykes and then uh no i look way. on the label it says written produced by jim sykes he's a dentist <laughs> he's a dentist he's, he calls himself the. He, calls, he used to at that time funny enough he's the only dentist that played house music while he's uh, while he's well, working he's, on patients <laughs> and, and he called himself the, the house doctor which was quite funny I love that but that was his first record he had made it it was a, making music was a passion of his and then I couldn't believe it the, you know became he's like one of my closest friends to this day and uh, he's the one who basically showed me the ropes on on on, on how how to make music I learned basically everything from him so you know going back to it if i hadn't played that bar and yeah. played that specific record out of the thousands of records that i had could have played yeah. at that moment would that have happened well yeah or, so, yeah go on. or would i've met him in another circumstance with something else well or was that bound to meet him who knows uh, yeah i guess we'll we'll never know and and uh, yeah you're absolutely right you, you can always look and hindsight's a wonderful thing so if that didn't happen it wouldn't have led to this but i i genuinely believe that there's there's possibly something in the decisions you make or the mindset. I mean, for, if I gave an example, I had one of the biggest breaks as a trainer and facilitator and coach because I, I went on this uh, invitation to go and do some unpaid work. And, it, and, and on the flight home, I sat next to somebody who I ended up doing three years work with and, and got really deep in their organization. And not only was it lucrative, but it was very fulfilling work. Now, I almost didn't take that work because it was going to be unpaid. But my mindset was, well, you never know, you never know what you might learn from these things. And here's an opportunity. So if I hadn't had that mindset, so I, I do think it's, it's how you go about some of these, how you go about your craft 
and and there's, and there's kind of there was for me there was oh do you know what I'm going to go to a new place this would be a bit of fun okay I'm not getting paid but who knows and if you don't kind of have the right mindset you're never going to perhaps take that opportunity to play that set and then everything falling into place yeah I mean like you know I don't I, I don't look at it in a way of like okay you know I don't look at it in that way of like okay if I do this for this person or, to, or I take this or you know am I going to get this back no. out of it? I look at it and I'm not, I know that's not what you're saying. I, I look at it in a way it's like, okay, you know what? Uh, potentially, you know, I could do this with this person uh, uh, and it will be fun for me. I could learn something from it at the same time. And, uh, uh, and you know, who, who, you know, if you're putting something out into the universe that comes from the soul, you, it's going to come back. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Now, tell me, so you, you, you're very much vinyl, and vinyl is now coming back into a renaissance, you know, renaissance. And but there was a time when it was just all on a laptop and everything else like this. Were you still doing vinyl then? Did you kind of keep it, keep it old school, or 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 is this something that has kind of tra- you've transitioned to? Uh, well, so it's like vinyl in 1990, about well, nineteen ninety three. So, you know, I had about 12, 10 to 12,000. Um, can you hear me? I, I can, yeah. We've got a bit of a, don't worry, you're uh, back on that. Connection now. issue, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Uh, is it back on? Yeah, so we're all good now. Yeah, so just, okay. yeah, if we go back and answer that, that okay. question, I can always. Yeah, uh, um, yeah so, so, um, so I've been collecting vinyl since 1994. Yeah, of course. Uh, no, 1993. Um, so I probably have about, well, I did have about sort of, 12 to 15,000 records. Um, I sold about 7,000 this summer, but, but so, you know, I played vinyl for a very, very long time because it was only vinyl only. Then it started moving on to CDs. Then that started moving on to the CDs, uh, started moving on to USB sticks. So instead of actually having your CDs, you'd actually put them on USB sticks, which is, which is what everyone uses still now. Right. Um, laptops is a, another thing which came sort of at the same time with USBs. And, um, I, I went into, I was, I moved on to CDs. I didn't stop with vinyl. Mm. It was just easier to carry CDs, especially when you start traveling internationally and being able to make something on the fly and put it on a CD there and then, uh, which was the really cool thing. Um, then the, then came the USBs, which was even better because then you're just, you know, time. you've just got yeah. this one little thing. You don't yeah. have to carry around this. Even at that time, even carrying CDs became a chore. Yeah. Forget about yeah. the vinyl, right? Yeah. So then, um, you know, and and the same thing applies. You know, you could, <clears throat> you know, you could um, just make something, put it on your USB, or or download a new track instantly, and not have to go to a record store buy it. Blah blah blah. Plus, they never get ruined. You know, there's no, you know, there's no, they don't get scratched. Your, you know, your, your record doesn't get destroyed. It's still a collector's item. The only problem with that, which I found, and which is why I, I would say I didn't go back to vinyl because I never left. I started playing vinyl again, taking it out with me instead of, instead of playing your, you know, digit, a digital format. Um, I just found that for me, it just didn't, I kind of got lost with, uh, with where I was with, with music. There was so much I had on my USB stick. I couldn't really remember 
um, exactly. I couldn't remember all the records that I had because you're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands. Yeah. Plus, yeah. I sort of got into this trap. You know, you're playing like three nights a week in three different places. I got into this trap of like being at the hotel room just before a gig, downloading a whole new bunch of music because I felt like I had to because I didn't because I needed to change what I played the night before. Mm. Well, really, why did I? Because I played a, a, to a completely different audience the night yeah. before in a different place. But why did I feel the need to rush this thing, which I don't even know the music, but because I could do it so quickly and I could hear it, um, uh, you know, hear it for like five seconds. I'm like, okay, this will fit, this will fit, this will fit. But it, I don't, I don't know those records. I would, uh, I didn't, I was just basically winging it. Yeah. I was winging it because I felt like I had to wing it. Now yeah. that completely contradicts what, I believe in, in what I do, because if I'm, if I'm projecting this music, people are hiring me to play the music that I love to them so they can hear it and put it together in a way that uh, it makes a story from beginning, middle to end. So how can I do that if I don't know what I'm doing, yeah. if I don't know those records? So then I just, you know, I remember just being uh, clearly at the, this festival that I played. And after I finished playing, you know, people come up to me and they're like, Oh, there was a great, you know, that was great. I really loved that. And I'm like, did you though? Did you, did you really? Or are you just saying that? Because I felt that I didn't, I felt like I was telling a complete lie when I was up there playing. Seriously. Yeah. So, you know, I, I remember very clearly, I was like, I, I spoke to my agents. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm really not happy with this either. I just want you to put everything on hold for now until I like, just take a little time out. And then I started, you know, just going back through my records. I actually did take like almost a month out without touching anything. And then I started going through my records slowly because, you know, playing a record is something I've never, ever stopped. I, I, that's what I do, you know, mm. take a record out, play it, jump on, blah, blah, blah. And then I started getting, you know, this, this, this love came back as in, this is what I did it for. You know, oh, this record, this record, I know these records inside out. Oh, this, uh, that's what I did it for. So then I, then I got to the point, well, you know what? If I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do it the way that makes sense to me. I don't care how it makes sense to, you know, some other people, some other person who plays a digital format might think completely differently. And that's fine if, you're, if it works for you and you're speaking the truth when you play. Totally fine. You do that. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. And for me, this is the way it works. And this is the way that I would do my best job and my best performance bringing that out so you know for me it's like going back to um playing records finding records believing in uh, finding stuff that no one else can get unless you buy that one out of the 200 record that i've got or one out of 100 copies that are sold you know no one else has got it no one else is playing it and and you know there's plus it just gives a bit more of a live performance things can go wrong things can go wrong when you're playing records and i actually feel like i'm actually working for the money that i'm getting paid that's fascinating i'd like to unpack a little bit more about uh, the sort of guiding principles or what drives your your creativity i mean you talked about a story you've talked about being true to yourself and everything else like that but what what's a kind of what what fuels your creativity and guides you to be as authentic as you can through the medium of your music um people you know, people, people, people of the crowd, like, you know, 
meeting you fills my creativity. Um, things that you say and things that you do, the, the things that it, what, what inspires me about you, you, um, meeting, uh, you know, riding down the beach, um, everything. Uh, there's, there's so many ways that fulfills that, that fills my creativity, but more so is the fact that once when I've played it, when I've played a show or played the, whether it's a big show, a small show, whatever, but I've played from, from the heart and from the soul and speaking, like I said, speaking like the truth within yeah. what I'm doing and seeing that reaction of people as opposed to the reaction it comes when I know that I'm not being completely honest with what I'm doing. That's what fuels me even more. You know, yeah. that's what fuels me even more. And, and, and the fact that, you know, I make every, you know, when I'm producing music, I make everything from, from scratch I make it, you know, it's all myself. You know, I play piano. I can write music for, for fun. Now you might not like it and it, you might not like it and that's fine. Not everyone has to like everything, but the fact is that it still came from here. Yeah. You know? Um, so, you know, when, when that resonates with someone that, that fuels my creativity even more. So, so when you feel those moments where, that connection isn't made or you haven't kind of been as truthful as you can. Is, is that kind of what, what would have been missing there? Do you think, are, are there moments when that, ha- there must be moments when that happens. And, and I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, look, you, you never, you know, when you're carrying, say, you know, you're playing a show, the, the thing, the thing is you, I'm only going to get booked to play shows where the music is on par of what I do. Now you can never make, um, you can never make everyone, completely happy because some people just might not like it. And that's fair. You know, it's not fine. everyone has to like everything. You know, yeah. you don't have to love everything. You can not like something you don't want to, but as long as, as long as I gave it my best shot, mm. as in like I did what I could to deliver this performance or to cater to this performance, the best that I could do within my boundaries. Yeah. Um, you know, as me still being true to myself as an artist, but still, you know, doing what i can to make uh, then then i'm happy yeah yeah and and i and i guess that that sort of mindset that philosophy really speaks to this whole what this podcast is about you know it's give yourself the chat isn't about be beat yourself up and be you know kind of, it is just really how do you make sure that you're the best version of yourself and 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 how do you uphold those particular standards and and self-motivate to get there so i guess that's exactly yeah, obviously. yeah. Sorry, I no, I was going to say that's exactly what happened to me after that, that. Exactly what happened to me after that show because I was literally after that that one show that I said to you that I'm really not happy. I, I the ex- exact words I told to my agent was like, uh, "Either I'm going to, I don't want to do this right now. Either I'm going to quit, or or I, I." And I said to her, "Either I'm going to quit, or I don't. I just don't know. But right now, can't. I don't want to play any more shows." So. It was literally like, you know, and I took that. I, t- I didn't even, th- after that, I, I just knew that I just wasn't happy at all. I wasn't happy in in just what I was doing and what I was projecting out and why and why I was doing it. Um, yeah. You know, I felt like my values had just completely skewed from from the original joy and the love of what I was doing in the first place to what it is now. And I just took, I literally just took that time out, took that month out, of not even, you know, I focused on other things. I focused on, uh, I, you know, I just went really hard into just 
um, doing more yoga and, 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 um, you know, just looking after myself and just taking a complete mental and physical breakaway from, from, from music. Yeah. And then when I, you know, when I did, uh, sort of find that joy again and that love again and, and, um, what I kind of wanted to, to get out of it, it's, it's a hurdle when everything now is so reliant on a digital format, you know, you don't, you, you know, and I had to, I had to convince my agent saying, look, I'm going to stop. I want to play records again out in clubs. You know, a lot of, a lot of the clubs don't even have turntables anymore. So yeah. it's literally like, you know, telling myself and my agents that like, hold on, I can travel again on a plane with bags of records like I used to do and, and I can still do it. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's, there's a, that reconnecting with you know you talk about reconnecting with joy and everything else like that but i guess it's it's purpose it's your own value set it's what drives you it's it's what you what kind of inverted commas mission you're on i it's just kind of you have to take stock of that i guess yeah and get back on the right path with that yep exactly exactly and I, i feel like you know now you know i meandered off that path a little bit and now i'm back on it and back on it happier than than ever you know? So how do you, because we're kind of coming sort of to the end of our time and I could just talk forever with you, Utam, uh, but how, how do you keep yourself on track day by day? I know you have morning routine. I know you do a lot of the surfing and everything else like that, but what kind of practical things could we might consider that is useful for you to keep yourself on that day by day? Do you- I mean, I get up. I, I, I mean, it's funny because people in my industry are sort of maybe the complete opposite of what I'm like. Uh, most people are night hours. They make, you know, they, you know, they're obviously they're working at night, but then that changes their, their body clock. So they, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're sort of up at night during the week. I'm the complete opposite. I get up really early. I prefer to, you know, start my, start my day off, um, you know, with a good, good, healthy breakfast. Uh, or I, I normally three times a week, I'll go to yoga pre, pre 6am then I'll have breakfast and any other day I'll just have breakfast. Then I'll actually go for, um, you know, go and do something outdoors. First thing in the morning, while it's, while it's semi cool out in LA, go and do, do, you know, whether it's a long bike ride or going to yoga or going surfing, something like that. Come back home by eight, not eight AM and feeling refreshed, start, start writing some music and then, um, sort of gets to sort of mid afternoon and then I'll go and have another break and do something outside. Um, you know, I always, for me, that keeps me completely sane. It keeps me, uh, it keeps the, you know, the vitamin D yeah. <laughs> supply going. Good, yeah. Um, and I feel like I've got way more energy than I ever used to have before. Um, you know, drinking lots of water, which is a good thing. And I'm not saying, you know, I like to have fun, fun uh, like to have fun, uh, you know, have a few drinks occasionally and stuff. Yeah. And uh, who doesn't, but predominantly on a daily basis, doing that, keep, you know, and having this routine is fantastic. Yeah. Completely. And I, I don't think I could, I, I couldn't go back to the, the way it was. That's interesting yeah. because before I had, you know, we have sort of similar sort of structural routines to, to our mornings. Um, and before that, you don't know what you're kind of missing out on when you go through it. It's like, I could never go back now. From I could this. never that, go back. Knowing yeah. what I know about what I can access in terms of energy levels and just vibrancy. There's no going back, is it? No, but the thing is, by nine o'clock, I feel like, oh, hold on a minute, I've done so much already, and I've still got a full day left. Yeah. Like, it's fantastic. And I'm not, you know, not tired. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's imagine great. It's, it's tricky to, to sustain that, though, if you're playing a late-night set, I guess, and that, that must throw your rhythm out still. Well, the, the, the key is, is, you know, one, the key is limiting how many drinks you have. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, two is, like, you know, I'm in the routine of, like, okay, if I'm playing somewhere where it is a late-night set, you know, normally I'm, I, I, I could my body's very good at resting or, or getting a little sleep just before, before the gig. Um, but by Monday morning, you know, this certainly happens on the weekend, Friday or Saturday, yeah, by Monday morning, I'm back on track again. Yeah. You know, I make sure that I, you know, Sunday or whatever it is, I make sure that I plan ahead to kind of get my body back on track for the week. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. And I've, I've, I've been this way now for, I think about four or five years now and it's uh, it's fantastic yeah yeah well you're, you're clearly thriving on it mate you really are so um yeah. if if people want to check out your music where can they come and find you what what would you suggest uh yeah um soundcloud or facebook um soundcloud is soundcloud.com forward slash silky dj facebook is facebook.com forward slash dj silky but then i've got i've got stuff on um you know there's Spotify, there's Apple Music, um, I have stuff under different names. So if you uh, want to, you know, delve deeper um, and find out what those other names are, uh, you'll see like Radio One playlists and stuff like that. And um, and then if you want to buy vinyl, you can find it at any good vinyl store or Discogs uh, or, or sites like that. Or Fantastic. just Google. <laughs> Fantastic. So all major avenues of good music and and um it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you we will talk again at some point further down the podcast road and i'm sure if i ever get west coast i will come and say hello and pay you a visit we'll, we'll go for an easy uh, 50 mile bike ride how's that let, let, let's do that let's do that but just don't <laughs> don't put me on the decks or anything else like that and i'll just embarrass myself <laughs> Mate, it's been a pleasure talking to you you take care of yourself you too peter Stay safe. Thank you. Another fascinating guest there on the Give Yourself a Chat podcast, Utam, Silky as he's known. Go check out his music. Uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And uh, I can't wait for lockdown to be lifted so he can get back on the scene and, uh, and spreading his passion through his music. Uh, I know he's busy preparing for when life emerges from this, but uh, he's not standing still. and I'm sure that he's working on his craft, being a lifelong learner. So if you'd like to join me for a conversation around uh, future guests or episodes and subjects that you'd like me to explore, then the conversation is happening over on LinkedIn. It's also on other social media channels. So hit like, subscribe, forward to your community, spread the word and let's help people through the medium of these conversations on Give Yourself the Chat. But for the time being, take care of yourself. I'll see you on the next one.